Hey, Fearless Fundraisers, I'm Dawn Lego. It's time to buckle up for a new episode of Raise Nation Radio, the one and only podcast made to inspire fundraisers like you to continue making impact in our communities, building better tomorrows, and exchanging ideas. So whether you're a trailblazer or seasoned pro, you'll pick up the trends that transform your fundraising. And together, we'll dive into lively conversations and chat with industry-leading fundraisers and thought leaders to explore hot-button issues and innovative ideas. So stay with us for the next 30 minutes while we inspire you to embrace the future of fundraising. All right, let's get going. I am super excited about this very, very special um, end of the year holiday episode uh, here at Raise Nation um, Radio. And it's always a really fun time when my fellow one causers get to get to join me, especially when my colleague, my peer is super talented, not only within the one cause nation, but outside and also philanthropic. So we have a trifecta going on here with my next guest. I'm super excited to welcome to Raise Nation Radio, Rick Seifer. Um, Hi, Rick. How are you? Thanks for joining today. I know you're super busy, but so good to have you. I am so excited to be with you. I uh, I have been a, a fan of uh, Raise Nation Radio, and I really love what you guys are doing. And I just I'm thrilled to be be on with you. So I'm 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 so glad I didn't butcher your last name. You'd think after knowing you for 13 years, I'd get it right. But every time I have to say it, I've got to ask you how to pronounce it. So you know, name names are hard. I get it. Yeah, I, I got through that one. So anyway, you know, our audience would love to get to know you. We're gonna dive into. A lot of what you do outside of One Cause today, because it's nice. just super special. Um, hopefully our audience heard that our intro music was just a little bit different today. We're going to explain <laughs> why, but let's start with what you do inside One Cause. Maybe take us through that journey because where you were when I first met you to where you are now is a little bit different. So give us that history. Yeah. So it's it's actually kind of an interesting tale for for you know how I got involved with with a choral group. Um, so I'm, I'm with a group, Castlewood Singers. Castlewood Singers was actually established in 1985. So the group as a, as a whole has been around for a long time. Um, and they kind of started as like, you know, a really small community group. They, they wanted to, to, um, do magical musicals and, and, uh, you know, magical dinners. And they had, you know, the costumes, they had the boar's head, they had the whole nine yards. And uh, it was a lot of fun, but I was not a part of the group at that time. Um, and I got involved with them by um, being a part of a church choral group. And two of the members of my church were members of Castlewood. And they were like, hey, you uh, might want to consider auditioning for the group and and coming in. And I had never auditioned for a group. In fact, being an adult singer, that was the first time I'd ever done it is in a church choir. Didn't sing in high school or college or anything. And did audition for the group and did squeak by, got in. <laughs> and uh, that was uh, kind of the beginning. That was in 2003. And so at that point, then I wanted to go ahead and uh, stay involved. Wait, that's almost 20 years ago. I know. I, okay. I, 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 can, cannot, I can't believe that time has actually gone by that that quick. I mean, that's, that's, that's a long time. So and at the time that I joined the group, they were just stepping away from the whole madrigal musical group. Um, stuff. And we were beginning to branch out and do, you know, a really eclectic blend of music. We were doing everything from jazz to show tunes to sacred music. And, and uh, that really kind of became what we, what we got involved with. And then on top of that, we also liked to travel as a group. So we got to do a lot of, a lot of travel and, and we'll talk a little bit more about that too. But um, in 2003, we actually did a trip to Germany and Austria. Um, actually the trip was wow. 
before. And that was kind of my entree into to Castlewood. But over the years, we kind of um, uh, continued to grow. And uh, about six years ago, I became president of the organization. Um, so we are a 501c3 organization. Um, and we uh, started trying to look at, you know, how do we how do we fund what we do? How do we continue to to do the good things that we want to do? How do we tweak our mission? How do we tweak, um, you know, being good stewards of the community? And so um, six years ago, when I became the president, we started working on, you know, new missions, new visions and and things like that. And that's really been kind of a part now of, of Castlewood's mission and vision that, you know, our, our current vision is that we provide high quality music that inspires our community, our listeners and our performers. So not only do we want to inspire the community and do good and, and give back, we want to to be, you know, engaging and, and have, you know, high quality performances. So that's kind of the quick synopsis of, of wow. what we do and and how I got involved with them and kind of what we're what we're doing now. And so that's how we got involved with with one cause. Obviously, I work for the company. So, <laughs> hey, we might need to raise some money. You might need to sell some tickets. I think I know somebody who might be able to help us with that. Yeah. Okay. So there's so many questions I have going. So everybody has to audition, right? There, there's an audition process for everyone. Yeah. 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 Wow. So it's an audition only group. We've we've kind of upped our game a little bit. You know, when we started, we were a community choir and then it was always kind of an audition process. But we've kind of increased our quality enough that we are actually classified as a semi-professional choir now because we do do our performances. We're paid to do our performances. Um, and you know, we also do performances where we sell tickets. So even though none of us get paid, we do get paid for our individual performances. And that's what helps fund things like, uh, sure. you know, what causes we want to help fund, what, what do we want to do in terms of offsetting travel costs for some of our members and, and things like that. So, so, so it's all volunteer based. Yeah. It's all volunteer based, except, except for our director and our uh, accompanist, we do pay them to to uh, perform with us and, and help us uh, lead the group. Wow. And how many are, so it's called Castlewood Singers. Is that right? Yep. Castlewood Singers. Yep. Okay. And just like you would spell Castlewood, right? I, I yep. got that right. Okay. Yep. yep. Exactly. Okay. And, uh, there's 40 members of us now. 40. Four zero. Yeah. Four zero. There's a lot. So of when us. I first met and heard about Castlewood Singers, <laughs> and, and we'll talk why I know a little bit, you know, ab about your journey in a sec, but I thought it was a quartet. For some reason, I got the right. four. I didn't get the zero. I didn't get the second <laughs> digit there. There's 40 of you. That's a lot. That's a lot of volunteering. That's a lot of travel. That's a lot of expenses. Yep. And it was a lot of coordination through the pandemic too. Ooh. You know, one of the things that we had to be worried about in, in 2020 was you've got a group of 40 people getting together to sing and there's nothing that, that spreads airborne particulates quite like getting together in a, in a closed room and singing. Yeah. So we have to navigate that journey as well. And, and um, you know, how do we, how do we continue to fundraise? How do we continue to keep our, our um, artistic director paid? How do we continue to keep our, our accompanist paid? And, and they're fantastic people, um, but they were obviously willing to work with us, but we have, you know, ongoing expenses we had to maintain too. So, so, you know, helping, helping keep our doors open was a part of that too. So our, our artistic director, Scott Bradford, is phenomenal. Hey, Scott, a big shout out to Scott Bradford, you, you said, right? Yep, yeah. Scott Bradford, okay. he is phenomenal. He is a, um, he's involved in Indiana um, Music Association as well. So he, music is his life. He's also former um, choral director and band director for um, Greenwood Schools, um, or I'm sorry, not Greenwood, um, Center Grove Schools here in Indianapolis area. 
and uh, our accompanist Sue Dykes is really uh, hey she, Sue, shout out to Sh- she, Sue. She keeps us glued together, and it's hard to. It, it's one thing to sing a cappella. It's another thing when you have an accompanist and helps bring everyone together and and helps us be better performers. And Sue does that for us, so we we're thrilled to have Sue and and Scott as a member of our of our team. Are you all Indiana based or not necessarily? Yeah, pretty much all of us are Indiana based. Um, some of us uh are um approaching the age where we're doing some snowbirds and things like that. But um, we do we do uh, keep everyone pretty much in in the Annapolis area. So how do you bring in new members when one retires or needs to leave for some personal, like how, or does that 40 core stay together? Yeah. So a lot of it comes down to um, balance and, and uh, retirements and people moving. You know, we do have folks who take new jobs, move out. We had a fantastic tenor who was with us and uh, got a fantastic job up in the Fort Wayne area, and that's a little bit long to commute down to Indianapolis. So he he had to leave. So that opens a tenor spot. So we do generally have running auditions with the core group, and we have kind of a waiting list now. Folks who say, "Hey, if you get an opening, I'd love to come in." Um, but a lot of it comes down to balance, and and um, you know the balance of the parts. And Scott helps us maintain that that balance, and says, "You know, hey, we'd like to either keep you know an, an individual balance between sopranos, altos, tenors, and basses." Or then look at it and say, you know, hey, I'd really rather um, increase some some um, some tenor sound. So so yeah, it makes makes a big difference for wow. other balance and ongoing run running uh, auditions and being able to uh, have uh, a good balance makes all that possible. Wow. Um, so now you travel all over the world. Yeah. How many times a year do you travel? And where have you gone? Who have you performed for? It's all incredible. Um, and that's a, that's a, that's a lot of coordination and funding and maybe personal um, yeah. dipping into your personal pocketbooks. Yeah. Tell us all about that and where you've been. Some of your highlight, some of your top performances that you can recall over 20 years. Yeah. So um, like I mentioned in 2004, we did uh, do a trip and we um we toured for like a, a week and a half, almost two weeks to Austria and Germany. Um, and that was coordinated. Luckily, one of our um, members was a travel agent and she was able to help coordinate that for us. Um, so she put us together a, a tour in Austria and Germany. And that was that was a lot of fun. We typically try to travel um, about every three years. So we don't um, do it very often, but when we do, we try to make it meaningful. And we're alternating between outside U.S. travel and inside U.S. travel. So um, we have gone to, we've done some choral collaboration stuff. We have had the group sing with other um, choirs at Carnegie Hall. So we've we've actually been to Carnegie Hall and sung. Um, we went to the Biltmore in uh, North Carolina and um, sang there for a Christmas program one year. Um, our Two most recent trips um, that we have done is that we went to New Orleans um, about four years ago and sang gospel music in New Orleans. And oh. that, was, that was really an exciting trip for us. We didn't really know how well we would be received as a as a choral group from Indianapolis going down to New Orleans and, and singing. Oh, beautiful. Music. But it was fantastic. You know, again, I mentioned that we've sung a lot of different styles of music. Um Sacred and gospel was one of the things that a lot of our members really enjoy singing. So that was a, a great opportunity for them to to go go to New Orleans and and sing with some some really phenomenal churches. Um, 
most recently, we went to Portugal and Spain. We did that in June. That one was one that was scheduled for quite a while, and we just kept having to push it back, um, unfortunately, due to restrictions on travel and and uh, the pandemic. So we kept pushing that back, but we were able to pull it off this year. Oh, uh, fantastic. Went to Spain and Portugal, and that was a two-week trip, and we sang at three amazing basilicas and, and cathedrals. Um, and so the the music that we shared today, one of the pieces is a uh, recording that we did in um, the San Cayetano uh, Basilica in Madrid, Spain. So that was really a phenomenal trip for us to to do. And, and you're right, it does take some fundraising. It takes a lot of coordination. We worked with some great groups to, to help us coordinate that. And we also had to do some planning with the group to say, you know, we're going to spread payments out for you so you can make contributions and and um, use that to, to help fund your travel. And then again, by fundraising individually, uh, we were able to um, offset some of the costs for the travelers a little bit as well. Well, we're going to get to the fundraising in just a moment, but I've had the pleasure of hearing a lot of um, your work, and I think we've um, whet the appetites of the Raise Nation audience. So we're going to break to just hear a little bit. As you didn't catch it in the intro, we just want to uh, go back and and play a little bit for you because it really, really is special. So coming right up now, a little excerpt from, I believe it's Spain, uh, Castlewood Singers.
Well, welcome back. We hope you enjoyed the Castlewood Singers. That really was just magnificent, Rick. Thank you so much. And for sharing um, that uh, that uh, uh, audio with us, it, it's just it's just special. So um, we're excited to hear more. Um, how would we how would we hear more if if our audience is just um, inspired and and entertained like I am? Um, you do have a website, so let's tell it, let's, how do we find you first of all, and what are some of your upcoming performances? Great. So we are, um, we're at castlewoodsingers.org. Um, and on our site, we've got some pictures from our trip. So you can see some of the pictures of the trip that we took to, to Spain and, and Portugal. And then we've also got on there a, um, uh, choral piece that we did during the pandemic. It was a virtual choral performance that we did um, and that's available on YouTube. So we've got um, a YouTube channel out there. Not a whole lot of content yet. We're still working on building all that. Um, it's really challenging to handle a lot of the licensing issues that go with getting music on on YouTube. So that was a learning point for us when we did our virtual choir performance, but we do have one out there um, there. And that's a and really nice, it's a beautiful piece. It's a Let There Be Peace on Earth. Um, and that, that song's available on YouTube uh, to watch. Um, we've got a lot of upcoming performances in Indianapolis um, over this this December season. Um, we have, um, by word of mouth, been doing a lot more um, requests to to be out in in the community, and so we are uh, going to be performing quite a bit. We're singing down at the Conrad Hotel for for some groups um, a couple times this month. We're singing. It's a beautiful at, venue. Yeah, we're singing at Cake Bake, which is a fantastic little restaurant in Carmel, and we're we're doing some performances for them. And we're performing at Chris Kendall Market um, here in Carmel as well, uh, doing two or three performances there. So we're kind of doing a lot of different things this this December and and kind of shedding the spreading the uh, holiday holiday cheer. Is Cake Bake the bakery that's right uh, uh, behind in that little courtyard behind the Hotel Carmichael? Yes. Or, oh, is, yeah. Good. Yep. I got the right one. Yep. Yeah. That's a beautiful. Jersey girl knows her Carmel, Indiana. <laughs> <laughs> Wow. So how does somebody request or book or, or, or get to see you? I guess some of these um, performances, there are tickets associated with them. Where do you get tickets? How do they request Castlewood Singers? Tell us all that good stuff. Yep. So anyone can always send an email to info at Castlewood Singers. And that's really the best way to, to kind of get a hold of us to, to talk about bookings and things like that. Um, we also, for these performances in, in December, a lot of these are um, booked gigs. So unfortunately, we're not selling tickets to a lot of those, but some of them are open to the community. Um, and so these are free performances for the community if you wanted to come out to Cake Bake. Um, and we'll have those performances listed on a website of upcoming performances. We've got an outside performance that we do before we go into to Cake Bake and sing carols inside. So there's um, time you can stand out and just listen to the choir sing Christmas carols. And oh. Chris Kendall Market is also um, a phenomenal venue free for the uh, community to attend and and here and there's a lot of great performers that that go to that um that market as well and so not only will castle would be there but there's a lot of other groups that do fantastic christmas music there too wow it's just magnificent um, to, you know in the little excerpts that we can do here on raise nation radio I, I don't know that you can fully appreciate the the impact and to yeah. see the 40 singers in a very classic attire and it's just moving the whole, it's just, it's an experience. It's not yeah. just a song. It's really an experience that you have to have once in your lifetime. Yeah. So, And it's funny you say experience because, you know, our, our tagline for many years was experience Castlewood. We wanted ah. to make people actually understood, you know, that 
that coming to a performance, seeing a live choral performance and, and having people engage with you in, in song um, really makes a big difference. So, you know, experience Castlewood uh, was our tagline for, for many years. And, and now our, our, our new tagline as we, as we progress, we were like touching lives through music is, is what we really want to do. Um, and so that, that's part of, you know, who we are and, and we do want to give back to not only the community, but, you know, to our members and, and make, make a difference. So well, both taglines are very fitting, um, which leads me to the, the philanthropic side of Castlewood yeah. Singers. I first learned, um, about what you do outside of one cause, which we have to get to that too. Um, <laughs> what you do inside of one cause, but, um. I first learned because I'm involved in in um, some of our programs here for our corporate social responsibility. We have a program called Kickstart Your Cause, where every employee, all 300 plus of us, um, has a benefit, um, an employee benefit, um, if we're aligned um, to a particular mission for whatever reason, don't even need to give a reason, um, we are able to sponsor a nonprofit to get our software, to, to secure our software at no cost. And so you elected to use your benefit, your employee benefit, and um, apply to get, uh, to gift Castlewood Singers the, the, the software. And I believe you've been using it because you do need to fundraise. So let's talk about a little bit about, a little more about your mission um, and your vision and and how you do to touch lives through music and to deliver that experience. And how have you been able to, what did it mean to you to have that employee benefit that you could directly impact something that you're so involved with outside of one cause? Yeah, that was really for, for Castwood singers, you know, uh, again, we're not a big group. Um, we don't have a lot of money to to put towards, you know, software and fundraising type activities. So when one cause comes up with a program and says, Hey, employee one cause, if you have an organization that you would like to support with our software, and of course, working for the company for 11 years, I know what the software can do. I've seen it firsthand. I've, I've been with you on events at, at, uh, we sure has a fundraiser <laughs> and that's and right. We, we know what it will do. And so being able to take advantage of something like that with one cause to say, hey, Castwood Singers, I have the ability for us to have software that not only can we help ourselves, we can help other groups that we're aligned with. We can sell tickets um, as well um, at the door. We sell them in advance. Let's use our uh, one cause software to track those purchases. Let's talk about, you know, being able to fundraise not only for Castlewood, but, you know, if it's it's the the Rise Learning School here in Indianapolis or whether it's our Dennis Day Foundation group that we work with, um, who, whoever we choose to work with for that year to help with additional fundraising, we can use one cause software to help make a difference in, in all of those organizations. So what, is that what you do each year? You do you align with a different mission and donate a portion of what you raise to that mission or how, how does that all work? Yeah. So uh, in this most recent year, one of the things that we did is we aligned with a group um, and, and it was the, the Rise Learning Center here in Indianapolis. Um, and they help special needs children um, receive education. And so one of the things that we did is um, our, our artistic director, again, Scott Bradford, knows so many people in the, the arts community and in the education community as well. And so we generally try to align every year with an organization who we want to help as well um, through our music, through the, the tickets that we sell, through the, the money that we raise. 
we want to help give back to other organizations. So we generally try to align with an organization that um, we know is is deserving. We love their mission. We love what what they do. And so we were able to, in like this most recent year, we helped uh, the Rise Learning Center raise a little over a thousand dollars just in ticket sales and additional donations from people who came to our performance um, and saw more about their mission, what they do, um, and were able to make donations to to help them. And we used One Cause Giving software to also make that possible, so they can they can come in and and I've set up a uh, an online giving center for donations. And we can kind of move out, you know, who who we are supporting at that time. You know, if you want to support Castlewood directly, please make a donation. But if you want to also help, you know, another organization that we're aligned with, whether it's the Dennis Day Foundation, um, whether it's the Rise Learning Center, whoever we're working with that that year, we will um, let you make a donation there and we will just forward the money on to that organization. We don't we don't obviously want anything out of that and we want to help those those groups. So that's kind of how we've we've used One Cause software to, you know, help one cause sell tickets and and raise money through donations, but also help other groups in in the Indianapolis area. Wow! So it's missions really coming together to help missions, all of us together, just building better tomorrows. And I'm so glad that you were able to take advantage of that employee benefit program, and and that one cause is responsible enough to have that employee benefit program. So, <laughs> um, yeah, I mean that that's super exciting, and and. It's even more special because it can't be easy. You work full time and I know one cause drive. That's hard, right? You're my go-to and we do have to get to that. We do have to talk about what you do here at one cause. Um, It's pretty special because you serve like all 300 of us and we're all coming at you every single day. So um, we'll jump to that in just a second. But, you know, when you think about it, you you have your full time work, Mm -hmm. you're volunteering full time, you serve as Castlewood Singers president. You have rehearsals and travel and and it's not just for the um, entertainment value or the hobby or the desire to sing, but it's also that level up to have a mission attached to it and yep. the fundraising and the administration and the fine, you know, all of that goes with it. It's like you have three full-time jobs. So if the one cause software can make it just a little bit easier to do what Absolutely. you do, yeah. Um, yeah. I'm impressed to see um, just, wow, with everything that you're doing, Rick, it's really, it's really special. But let's talk about what you do inside One Cause. Yeah. That has been a journey, you know, as well. I, I know a decade ago, we we saw a lot of each other in the field, um, yeah. but now you have a different role and you're definitely my go-to um, <laughs> when I'm technologically challenged, which is often, but why don't you talk about your One Cause history right. a little bit? So yeah, I um, I think I mentioned earlier, I've been with One Cause now 11 years, which is a staggering amount of time to be. Um, but I started out with One Cause um, 2011. And at the time, you know, One Cause was kind of this fledging startup group and and you were a part of, of One Cause at the time. So, you know, we were we were out kind of being scrappy and, and helping other nonprofits raise money. But at the time we were, you know, setting up wireless networks for, for individuals. <laughs> Do you remember that? We were passing out iPod touches because cell phones really weren't all that great yet. I don't think 3G was out at that time. I think that was just 3G, but that was like, that was the leading edge, the bleeding Uh, edge of cell phone technology. Yeah. I mean, you set up wireless environments within hours to serve like 500, 800, 2000 people 
that was madness. Yeah. And you and I were doing events at, at uh, you know, the, the Make-A-Wish Foundation <laughs> yeah. with wireless networks in, in many castles and, and tried to help <laughs> these true. Raise, raise money for, for the Wish Foundation. Um, and, and that was all fun. And then, you know, over time, you know, one cause makes changes and, and we started getting away from wireless networks and we're doing everything over the site or technology, um, which was a great evolution. And being a part of one cause to, to make that move was was great, helping them transition into that. And, you know, kind of over time, I've done different roles, but now my primary role is that I'm the director of IT for for one cause. And uh, we have a small team and we support all of us at one cause in, you know, supporting our software and our computers and you know, working with um, our our developers and our engineers and and product people, make sure that what we're building is working the best for for our our clients. And so, you know, helping you do what you need to do every day with with your computer, your software, helping our engineers develop great code, and and helping our executive team lead us into the future is all all what we as an IT department want to do. And, and help. So, you know, being, being helpful is one of our core, core, um, values. Core values. Because, and, and we embrace that wholeheartedly. And, uh, so we, we really, my IT department and I really love doing that. And, you know, we're excited to go to work every day and help you. And, and, you know, it, it's very satisfying to, to work for a company like one cause that, that has, you know, amazing benefits like, like we, we do with the software and, and to help organizations who help so many others. Yeah, I think we all have that same philosophy in the back of our mind. You kind of need that. It's a prerequisite almost, an unspoken prerequisite to, you know, to work here. Um, and what I love about you and your team is that you make each and every one of us feel like we're the only employee. I can, I can call you just about any time, day or night with a problem. And I typically have one, especially when I'm traveling to company meeting and, <laughs> you know, my the battery explodes in my laptop and I, I need... Yeah. Did you remember? Yeah. And within hours, I'm completely set up with something new and and back to, you know, what I need to do. And you make me feel like I'm the only employee. And there's a lot of us and you support each and every one of us. But I also want to talk about a very difficult, challenging and special time. And I know um, our CEO, Steve Johns, um, would would be disappointed in me if I didn't mention this, but you were very instrumental in helping our company move to a, you know, an uh, in-person, well, we have distributed workforces to mm-hmm. begin with pre-pandemic. We always had our home base office and, and of course we had distributed workforces. So that's challenging enough, but then pandemic hits and you had to flip us over and keep us running because we needed to keep the missions that we're serving running and then you had to flip us back to get us post pandemic. And mm-hmm. I know that meant a lot to our CEO. So do you want to just talk about that a little bit and what you did and how you did yeah. it and how it was also seamless and flawless? Yeah, it was, you're right. That was a very, very challenging time. You know, we, we all got hit so quick with how rapid things changed. And, and that was really the challenging part of it, right? That what we had to do in, about a week to two week period was to say, all right, one cause nation, everyone pick up your laptop, pick up your stuff, go, go home. Um, and we had a fairly significant size office, um, here in Indianapolis. We had, you know, well over a hundred people coming to the office and working. Um, there were some things that were set up initially, you know, as, as an organization that made that transition really quick and easy. 
we had been working for quite a few years to put everyone on laptops as opposed to desktop machines. So everyone was portable so they could travel anyway. And that was that was kind of the key that made the transition really easy. But also we had made some transitions software wise to try to keep everything on, you know, not only or we as a company did software as a service, but we were beginning to subscribe and use so many more software as a service tools like, you know, Microsoft Office and being able to work in in Slack and communicate quickly and seamlessly. So it was pretty easy within a one week time period to work with everyone to say, go home, take your equipment, do what you need to do there. Um, and so we made that transition quickly. And then anything that was left at the office, we did a quick transition to make sure that any of the tools that we had in the office, we could put in the cloud as well. And so I and the IT team worked pretty quick to, to make that available. Um, and, and then it was also like, not only do you have to get your computer home, but you know, we're not going to be in the office for a while and maybe you need a desk chair. Maybe you need a standing That's desk. That's right. Maybe you need, you know, pens and paper and, and, uh, and an office chair, all the things that we have in the office. So we, we created an, an inventory tracking system and we made sure that people could come back and, and, uh, you know, in a responsible manner, come in get what they needed to, to take home and, and work and, and then do that for, you know, quite a few months and, and then slowly trans- transitioning back and into um, kind of a um, a co-work space environment. So we've still kind of stayed as a remote first workforce. And we have employees over 30 states in, in the country. So we were already kind of being a remote organization. But then to say, you know, hey, every, you know, 130, 140 employees, I forget exactly how many right now uh, in the Indianapolis area, you can work from home too, but you can also have a co-work space here if you want to have meetings, if you want to come in and use a, a big Zoom room or you want to use, um, you know, a meeting space to, to get your department together, whether we do our quarterly updates or whatever it is, we want to have an environment to do that. So we've been able to keep that same methodology of keeping people safe on networks, keeping, you know, your computers up to date, keeping virus protection and, and uh, malware, all the stuff that goes into being safe at home. We've worked to keep all that up to date so that you can work at home. You can still do what you need to do um, and, and be safe doing so. Yeah, you you do talk about it so in such a nonchalant way, but it is super complex. It really, it really <laughs> is. And and I know from from the top down and the bottom up and everywhere in between, the whole philosophy is keeping all of us um, connected. Right. You know, I think we got thousands and thousands of phone calls when that pandemic first mm-hmm. hit, and it was how how can you help us so that we can help all of the the missions that we serve that's always our back we always go back to that keeping yeah. us in in a good place so that we can keep our missions in a good place well, our nonprofit partners super support running right so when these nonprofits have problems they need to call in for for support we've got an award winning support group that we were yes, able that's to right keep on the phones keep them answering all the questions that need to be answered and and keep our missions that that work with us keep them continuing to fundraise. Volume so, was crazy back then. I mean, I think we increased yes. something something crazy like four hundred percent. I should know the number, but um, because of some work that I did with 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 our teams on an award, actually, but it was staggering the 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 number of calls that came in. And you kept we didn't miss a beat. We did not miss a beat. And that's thanks to you and your team. So if I didn't thank you, I should thank you now. <laughs> thank welcome. you. My pleasure. Absolutely. My pleasure. 
Well, let's go back to Castlewood Singers. And what is your role outside of being president? Uh, president, are you a yep. tenor, an alto, a soprano? What what role do you play yep. with so, your musical? <laughs> um, is it an instrument? Do you call your voice a musical instrument? We are we are musicians. Um, okay, we're vocalists. Um, so I sing tenor in the group. Um, I um, it was kind of interesting because I came to the the group from singing bass in the choir and then moved into tenor to to sing with this group. Um, and, and that's where I've stayed. I've, I've sung tenor with them and, uh, really, really enjoy that, that role, but, um, love singing with the baritones and the basses again, when I, when I get the opportunity, <laughs> that's a, it's a real comfortable range for me. So I really, uh, really enjoy singing with the group, um, in, in that capacity. And then, like you mentioned, I'm, I'm also the president of the group and, um, help lead our board meetings and, and, um, you know, do all the things that other people do with other nonprofit organizations to keep it up. Up and going. Plus, you travel with one cause, and you have a family, and you know you have to get messages from Dawn on a Saturday morning and somehow <laughs> respond to her. It's crazy. Yeah, yeah. Um, so it, it's a lot of fun, and I do lo- I do love singing with the group, and and I can't imagine not doing it. I mean, it is a lot of time that, that we put in. You know, it's it's doing practice at home. It's um, you know, maybe sitting down and uh, last night, you know, I'm I'm getting ready for our upcoming uh, concerts and. I had to put, you know, 40 to 50 musical pieces in alphabetical order so that when our Scott calls out, hey, we're going to sing the first Noel, I know exactly where that is in my book and I can flip over to that if it's not memorized and and uh, be able to get that ready to go and, you know, get music ready to turn back in from, you know, our latest performances and things like that. Our librarians do an amazing job keeping all the music in place. And and uh, so there's a lot of volunteers wow. to, to helping, you know, Castlewood do what we do. You know, we're we're a small organization, so it takes librarians, it takes secretaries, it it takes, you know, the the folks who um, do the performance uh, committee and make sure that we've got all of our upcoming performances planned. And what are we thinking about in, in 2024 and, you know, looking that far? So it's a marketing committee. I've got a marketing committee that we work with. And, um, you know, we we do all the things that other organizations do. We just do that on a part-time basis and try to keep the wheels. Part-time on. sounds full-time to me. <laughs> keep the wheels on the bus, so to speak. Well, I applaud what you're doing and thank you for what you're doing. I mean, um, you have you all have a passion for, for music. You're using your musical instruments or your voices. Um, I get that from Andre, um, Ariana Grande. She always calls her voice her musical in- yeah. <laughs> instrument. So I got that from her. Um, but you are also, um, pursuing this passion, you know, with a purpose and thank you for what you do to help build those better tomorrows, a special, I'm specially touched because this year you're aligned with a group that, um, supports individuals, um, uh, you know, on, on the autism spectrum or have special needs, you know, that touches me, you know, very personally. So thank you. And to all of the Castlewood singers who are involved, um, sharing their music with the communities and helping to really build better tomorrows while they're on that journey. Um, please extend my thanks to them. We appreciate that very much, Don. It's beautiful. Um, I think we have a special, um, finale um, after we close this show. So stay tuned to listen to a little bit more from uh, Castlewood Singers. Um, You can find them on castlewoodsingersplural.org, as Rick mentioned earlier. And um, it's really very special. So if you're in the Indiana area, you want to hit that website and find out about some upcoming performances and be sure to check them out. 
um, I wish I, I need to fly in one day and, and talk to, talk to my, talk to Kelly and Carrie and be like, okay, I think <laughs> I need to work from the office on these particular dates exactly. and be sure to catch the performance. Well, Fearless Fundraisers, that's about all we have time for today. Thank you for listening. We hope you enjoyed today's very special Raise Nation topic and your daily dose of fundraising inspiration. Tune in for a new episode release every Thursday at 12.30 p.m. Eastern Time. That's Thursdays, 12.30 p.m. Eastern Time. But in the meantime, listen to all the episodes on Raise Nation Radio. Follow the channel that you like best so that you can get those notifications about our new guests. Fundraisers are doing amazing things to build better tomorrows for our communities. The stories are awe-inspiring. You won't want to miss a single episode. I would like to thank our sponsor, One Cause, for making this episode possible. One Cause is driving the future of fundraising with easy-to-use software solutions that help nonprofits connect with their donors. Check it out at onecause.com. Visit the resource tab on the homepage for a broad catalog of eBooks and blogs and infographics and Raise Nation Radio podcasts that hopefully you'll find um, very helpful. A huge shout out and thanks to my guest, my colleague, my friend, uh, Rick Seifert for sharing a very expert and authentic voice and um, audio files from Castlewood Singers. Rick, thank you so much for being with us today. So enjoyed our conversation. Any last words of inspiration? Um, you know, really, all I can say is that, you know, one cause as an organization and Castlewood Singers, we want to touch lives and, and make a difference. And, and so we know that we can do these things together. We know that this is the time of the year where we're, we're all thinking about giving and giving back. And we really want to, you know, inspire people to do that. So thank you, Don. Oh, so special and in every, in every way. Well, that is a wrap. Um, stay tuned for a little bit more from Castlewood Singers. Until next time, I'm Don Lego. This is Raise Nation Radio. You stay fearless out there.